This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Tyler Kern. I'll be your host today. And joining me is Mike Zanato. He's the CEO of Skyline Advanced Technology Services. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, sir. Hey, Tyler. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So today we're talking about providing technology education to help accelerate business initiatives and enhance customer experiences. And Mike, when I think about advancements in technology, I I think that they've touched our lives in just about every area and education is no different. So how has this rise in advancement in technology really changed how you approach education? Well, it's a, it's a good question. Um, it can be complicated. In our world, going back, let's say, 15, 20 years ago, let's say somebody wanted to learn uh, a thing or two about security uh, or securing a, a network. Well, 15, 20 years ago, we would send uh, an instructor and we would send a complement of, of equipment to a location. And we did that every single week. That's how people learned, let's say, IT for the most part, people shipping equipment. Well, one example of how technology's changed in today's world, you don't ship equipment in anymore. Everything is done remotely and the experience is the exact same. In fact, it's even improved. So in the last 15 or 20 years, there's all sorts of examples I can give you, but that's one just off the top of my head. Right. So when you talk about how uh, the experience has improved, uh, in what ways has that has that really fleshed itself out, in your opinion? Are people able to interact with the material differently and, and better in this case? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, most people who are involved in IT are not sitting in an office with a ton of equipment. The equipment is somewhere else. It could be down the end of the hall. It could be in a different city. It could be in a different state. It could be in a different continent. And so from that standpoint, you know, having the equipment in a classroom, you know, that that is actually foreign 15 or 20 years ago to a student. I mean, they would see it in there, but normally they don't see the equipment at their job. But what it's meant, if you think about it, is shipping equipment like that all over the country, in fact, all over the world, in a lot of cases, guess what? The equipment doesn't get there. It doesn't get there. And so right off the bat, that would affect a learner's experience, the fact that the equipment is not there, or maybe it's not set up properly, or maybe some of the, some of the equipment arrives and some of it doesn't. So by perfecting the experience remotely, it actually really created what their working experience was to begin with. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so when you when you do transition away and when, when you've kind of gone through that process away from uh, physical education tools to, to creating that digital experience, uh, what was it like to uh, to make that transition? Um, just how were you able to then capture the um, the education that you were providing in a physical sense into a digital one? You know, we have we have customers all over the world, and again, the the idea of doing it as I describe, where you're shipping equipment and not having what you described as a digital solution, it just it never really scaled properly. There are so many things that we can do now with software like save all the images from their labs, for example, that we really couldn't do before. We could do it for the day, but now students, they can save their lab work and they can take it back to their hotel or they could take it back to their, whatever, their office. 
and they can do the labs ongoing, whereas with physical labs, that really wasn't an option for them in the past. Right, right. And uh, th th that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and for somebody like you, you've been now in business uh, for 30 years, which is a, a massive achievement. Um, and it gives you this, uh, I think, the scope of the industry just to be able to see what works, see what doesn't work, and be able to uh, utilize that experience to create the best experience possible for your customers. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, 2019 does mark the 30th anniversary of Skyline, and we've had to constantly reinvent ourselves. So, you know, we're talking about education and some of the things we've had to do, but it's it's across everything we do. In addition to providing learning services, we we also offer what we call business services that comp that uh, complement the educational experience, including things like staffing and actually providing professional services, which um, which really, really gets at what I think has um, allowed us to endure, particularly over the last 20 years, is what I think is our secret sauce when it comes to providing these services is the fact that we have men and women who actually have been on both sides of the fence. So as a customer, as a consultant, and even now as an instructor. So uh, the ability to put people like that in front of very discerning technical audiences has allowed us to to stick around for, as, as you put it, 30 years. Yeah, and I, I want to dive into that a little bit more because, as you, as you say, having the right people really is the secret sauce of this of this whole thing. I think a lot of times when people think technology and they think digital, they think that that uh, divorces it away from, uh, from the people that really make up the program, but that's not the case for you. There are certain distinctions and certifications you can achieve in IT, and in our world, in the Cisco world, there's all sorts of certifications and the high-end certification is called a CCIE. It's like the equivalent of a PhD. And just because you have that, that doesn't mean you know how to convey very complex topics and put them in a very easily understood fashion. And so you have to find the individual that has that level of expertise, but also has the ability to translate and, and uh, relay that information. So when you're finished with the customer, uh, they're at a level of readiness that, that a lot of times they don't get from from people who just purely come from a technical background. So the idea that you can have somebody who's been on both sides of the fence, maybe as a customer, who understands it from that perspective and has also been an educator, that's a very tough parlay, very tough person to find. And that's what we pride ourselves in, is having a team of, uh, of instructors that, that can speak, let's just call it those languages, from a from an end user perspective as well as from a from a proctor or from instructor standpoint. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me because I, I know growing up I was really bad at math and I think that the teachers that taught math the best were the ones that maybe weren't necessarily initially gifted at math but they had to work at it and got better at it because they knew how to explain it better than someone who just fundamentally understood it and didn't have to really go through the process of learning it all that much. And it seems that that's kind of a similar circumstance, that it's the people that have experienced it on both sides and walked through some of the challenges can oftentimes be the best at communicating uh, the concepts and, and, and being able to teach them. Yeah, you get, you get a lot of instructors, let's say, that can read slides and that can maybe convey the content at a certain level. But when you can pause and say, well, let me tell you when I was installing this or when I was a customer in your shoes and I was implementing this, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, you have a great deal of uh, respect, I think, from the audience because you've been there, you've done it. And so that's what we try to do because we're talking about very complex topics. So you have to have a pretty thorough technical understanding. But again, 
you have to be able to convey it in a way where you keep the audience. A lot of our training, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, our, our learning services are typically consumed in one-week chunks. So imagine if you don't have the ability to convey it in an easily understood fashion, you know, over the course of a week, that's not going to go well. So uh, you, you have to have somebody that can do both. So we pride ourselves in doing that. Right, right. And we, we talked earlier about uh, the fact that 2019 marks 30 years in business for you and that over that time, uh, you've undergone changes and had to evolve and adapt as the market has evolved and adapt, adapted. And um, I think one of the things that goes along with that is that oftentimes we learn uh, the most from the challenges that are presented. So uh, what unexpected challenges maybe arose as you moved to more of a digital offering? Um, and how did overcoming those uh, really help inform uh, the best practices in this case? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a pretty deep question. <laughs> Again, in our world, a lot of the experience from the customer, whether it's an end user or let's say one of our technology partners, maybe their employees, uh, uh, maybe integrators. You know, you're talking about engineers who have been, you know, in the trenches. Okay, and so again, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you're talking about people who are coming to us in 40-hour chunks. And what we've had to learn to adopt is that as we've gone through time, people consume education differently today than they did 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, some of the, the, the newer engineers that come to us, they have to have their education uh, where it's portable. They wanna be able to take it from their house. They wanna be able to use their phone. And so we've had to create different modalities that will be receptive to those types of learners. So I would say, if I, if I heard your question correctly, you know, as far as challenges, that would be one of the biggest challenges is that the learners today are very diverse and how they expect to be readied, let's say, um, it has varied now. There's more, there's more ways of enabling people today than there were 15 or 20 years ago and people are very discerning. So, you know, we, we have to respond to what the customers want. Yeah, and I, yeah, and, and I think as part of that response, um, you've really digitized quite a bit of your content. And um, I, I think I was reading that you've digitized about ninety-five uh, percent of all of the content that you have. Is that right? Yeah, and we've we've had to, and that that's been really a cooperative effort because the idea of again going back years and years where you you actually have to print out the content and the lab guides and bound them and and uh, you know go to the printer. And, and send them across country again. You know, people don't get their course materials, the cost of it. Um, there's not a lot of flexibility in that. It's almost hardwired. Now with the digitization of the content, there's a lot more flexibility. We can send out content just in time. People can take that back with them. They have more ability to uh, retain it because when I mean, people lose their books, well, you don't lose the digital file. So it, it, it's bought us and our customers, a lot of flexibility, a lot of efficiency, and we've saved a lot of trees. Right. Absolutely. I, I think that's an underrated aspect of things. And when you were mentioning earlier the potential for materials to get lost in the mail, you know, on their way there, and also just continually having to create more materials, uh, that does uh, rack up a cost and it does um, cause, you know, a, a little dent on the environment, does it not? Again, just to give you an example of, of 15, 20 years ago, I mentioned the equipment and how it had to be shipped around. So you can imagine, you know, the eco impact of all of that lab equipment getting on airplanes and, and trucks. 
and then the eco impact of all of the course kits, the printing, and, and again, think about a 40 hour experience and the amount of content that goes into that, the number of pages. You know, we're talking three, four, 500 pages of material that had to be printed out and then a lab guide on top of that. So yeah, it was very expensive, very costly, very eco-unfriendly. So, uh, and again, the, the, um, the flexibility that a customer has today, and it seems so obvious. It's like, yeah, really? It took this long to do it? Well, there are considerations, but we finally perfected, again, working with our partners to make that happen. And, and I think everybody's very satisfied with it. Yeah, and when you talk about satisfaction, I know that customer service is really something that matters a lot to to you as you know the CEO of the company and really fostering those good relationships with your customers, with your partners. Um, what values really guide your approach to customer service and how do you like to approach it? Well, uh, you know, when you talk about uh, you know, customer success and customer satisfaction. There's a lot of cliches, you know, that the customer's always right, things like that. But, you know, I don't think you stay in business for 30 years unless you kind of have that as a guiding principle. And, um, you know, I was joking just the other day. We, we still have customers, believe it or not, that were ordering things from us 30 years ago that are customers today. And so, you know, why is that? Well, it's because, you know, we strive for, you know, the, the customer satisfaction of what we're doing. Again, it sounds so basic, so obvious. Well, what do you do to make sure that that happens? Well, you know, you provide them with quality services that they're looking for. You follow up when something doesn't work, which inevitably happens when you're in a human services business. Guess what? You fix it. You don't ask questions. You apologize. You fix it and you address it. And again, sounds very simplistic, but our experience is, is that not everybody has that level of commitment to ultimate customer satisfaction. We do. Um, sometimes we have to deliver classes for free. I mean, it just happens, but you don't ask any questions because again, the customer's always right. So we pride ourselves on making sure that the customer is completely satisfied. So the 30 years kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And you, 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 you right off the bat hit it on the, you know, hit the nail on the head. It sounded like when you said, you know, you don't stay in business thirty years without, uh, you know, doing things that make your customers happy. And I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, when you set out to create uh, uh, this digital education and create digital education tools, uh, did you model uh, what you did off of um, anything that you, you saw in the industry that you thought, um, it, just in the education industry in general, did you see anything and think, that's a good idea, we should do a little bit of that or, um, or, or anything along those lines? Well, it's really a combination of, of things, of events. You know, we, we're very fortunate to have a very strong partner um, one of our key partners is Cisco, and so they're a leader in education, so they're kind of at the forefront of a lot of this stuff. And, and since uh, they rely on their channel to uh, deliver a lot of their education, a lot of this is actual feedback from the customers. Again, I mentioned earlier about how people consume education today versus even a couple of years ago. So as we've gotten more and more requests for certain types of, of modalities, well, you know, we've had to respond. And, and it, is, it is done digitally. And we work in cooperation with Cisco, uh, with a few of our other technology partners, and in, in, in fact, uh, including some of our competitors that we work with together to ensure that we have kind of a stable set of deliverables that's digital in its undergirding. So 
yeah, it's uh, it's a combination of things. Sure. And, and has anybody come to uh, come to you for advice, uh, whether it be you know colleges looking to create you know digital education tools or or anybody else, maybe uh, competitors or somebody else in the industry, really come to you and said, "Hey, how did you do this? We need to uh, modernize and kind of get with the times when it comes to uh, using um, you know using digital uh, teaching tools to create education." Yeah, we uh, we get asked all the time. We, uh, we actually have a curriculum development group within our organization for that very reason, because people have come to us. You know, some people would rather have, um, you know, let's say videos. So we have basic, basically a production team that creates videos where the experience is over the internet. And again, there's a lab component that's digital. So it really depends. Uh, there's a variety of ways that we do it, but to to, again, differentiate Skyline from others, we actually take it to the next level and create curriculum. So we have a, a myriad of partners that we work with, including Cisco, where we share best practices, again, to, to get the different uh, consumers out there the type of education that they're uh, requesting these days. Yeah, and speaking of setting yourself apart, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, to brag on Skyline a little bit more, but uh, you received uh, the Cisco Distinguished and Excellence Instructor Awards uh, in 2018. What does that say about uh, what you guys do and the quality of your work? Well, I, I, in all transparency, it, that's an award that is actually given out. It's, it's, it's really awards by instructor. So not every instructor at Skyline would get that, but we have a, a multitude of instructors that have achieved it. It's not easy to get. So other, other providers of education also have instructors that get that award. Uh, but again, we, we like to think that the instructors that we have, because of the fact that many of them have been in the trenches actually providing implementation services so they can talk about it on platform, I'd like to think that the reason why we are a, a perennial winner of those awards is because of the people that we have. Absolutely. Well, moving forward and innovating uh, for 30 years now in this space, and it's really exciting to see uh, what you've been able to accomplish, and I know that you guys will continue to do it in the future at Skyline. Mike Zanato, the CEO there at Skyline Advanced Technology Services, joining us here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mike. Tyler, it was a pleasure. Thanks for your time. 